today on Karina and Kirsten Get to Work. We're talking about humor in the workplace, some lightness, some fun, some chuckles, some grins, some giggles. Oh, my abs are tight now. <laughs> I just got a tight stomach from that laughter. This is from the lady who used to do the silent laugh. I know, right? The now the uproarious giggle, but belly laugh. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So here we are. Welcome. I, welcome to Karina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Karina Hoyer. And I'm Kirsten Barron. And we are so happy you are here. Especially today. God, we need a humorous day. In fact, this cocktail in my hand is going to make the episode that much funnier. Karina has served some lovely scotch. Lovely 12-year-old scotch to accompany our episode about humor. Because, Kirsten, what do we want? We want joy, meaning, and ease. How are we going to get it? We're going to get it with some humor. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell I used to do a mean cheer? Give me a H. Give me a U. Uh, yeah. Okay. What do we mean by humor? That, that is the thing that you and I have gone round and round about. Yes. What do we mean by humor? Is it really comic? And we have come to the conclusion that it's not. No, it doesn't necessarily mean funny. It means. It's good if it is. It's it's fine if it is. It's fantastic if it is. But humor isn't necessarily just hilarity. I like to think of it as good humored. Okay. Good humored. When I think of good humored, I think genial i think uh cheerful amusing you know i think of that light what's congenial versus genial good question i don't know the answer karina i stumped her you stumped, stumped the attorney you stumped it's the new game show i'm hosting on the um podcast stumped network the attorney i'd like to be stumped as an english major not an attorney what do attorneys know about congeniality oh sorry or geniality Yeah, I don't know. And I would like to Google it, but I can't be distracted from this topic because I love it so much. Yeah, it's a pretty dang good one. Thanks. Mm -hmm. I picked it. Mm -hmm. So we are are talking about humor, something that I think a lot of us need a lot of these days Mm -hmm. and uh, perhaps not getting it. And frankly, this episode came to mind because I think there have been some articles coming across my desk recently about humor. I think, you know, it's a sign of the times. Yes, it's a sign of the times. And for me... I'm always excited to talk about humor and laughing and lightness uh, because as my sister and I say, it makes your abs tight. Mm-hmm. It's really good for you. If you laugh, <laughs> your abs are super tight like a washboard. Mm-hmm. washboard That's abs. the way my abs look. I can tell you that right now. I, I want to just tell a little story about my cousin, Dr. Rufus Browning. This is where I first, I mean, of course, as a kid and a teenager, there's lots of laughing and fun and all that sort of stuff, but I have had, he's passed away since, a cousin who was a professor of humor at the University of Maryland. And And his name was Rufus. Rufus I mean, does it get better than that? And he organized yearly international conferences (laughs) of humor. How fun is that? I hope it better be fun. It was crazy fun. (laughs) And I I was just in preparing for the show, I went back and looked to kind of check into my kid whatever, as a child or a, mm-hmm, uh, a young yeah. teen that I was like thinking about him. And he's the real deal. That's hilarious. Like he's literally reg- hilarious. He's hilarious. <laughs> he's regularly referenced. And here's what Rufus Browning, Dr. Rufus Browning, professor of humor at the University of Maryland, told mm. me. And I'm going to recite it as well as I, as I can remember that he said it. Humor is the juxtaposition of the absurd. 
two things that don't make sense together. Yep. Which causes our brains to freak out a little bit. And I know he used a different word, but that's what I took away. <laughs> Short circuit. And we laugh because it releases all of these good chemicals and allows us to hold and deal with the absurdity more effectively. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds so scientific and sterile. And yet so fun, right? This is your brain's reaction to make you feel better. I love that juxtaposition of the absurd, Mm -hmm. too, which Mm -hmm. frankly describes my life these days. (laughs) (laughs) No wonder I have such great abs. (laughs) Creating your abs, I'm telling you. So good. So good. I love that about Rufus. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Rufus. Cousin Rufus Browning. Yeah, thanks, Cousin Rufus. And of course, what you just said, though, is that... That juxtaposition of the absurd, the thing that sort of causes us to pause and and think about things and react in a different mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. is also releasing a shitload of goodness in our brains. Tell us about right? that shitload, no, Trina. It's, well, when you laugh especially, mm-hmm. your, our brains produce less cortisol mm-hmm. and, you know, that thereby reducing stress and introducing calm, but also more endorphins. It's like it, runner's high yeah, endorphins. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which and, I, of course, experience regularly. Yeah, not me. <laughs> sitting on my ass. But also, in addition to endorphins, it also releases oxytocin. Which is my favorite one. The love hormone? Well, you know, I, I know it's the love hormone, but I call it the nursing hormone. Like, I can remember nursing my babies and just being gone, deliciously gone for hours. I was like, why can't they bottle this and sell it? It's fantastic. Yeah. But I guess laughing gives us a little bit of that just oxytocin. A bit of that. Just I, some of that goodness. So I read a great quote, uh, laughing is like meditating, exercising, and having sex <laughs> all at the same time. <laughs> you get it all. You know I'm an efficient person. Yeah, we, I like I to, like a I like to multitask, <laughs> and a threefer is good. Absolutely. So, okay, uh, but back to this humor. It's not just laughter, right? Right. Humor also does a lot of these things. Laughter is, you know, humor on steroids. Mm-hmm. Mm, sorry, humor on oxytocin. Right. But humor in and of itself, levity, mm-hmm. geniality, the smiling, or congeniality, the smiling, the chuckle, the yeah, the exactly. levity, mm-hmm. also does that for you and. Your workplace. But laughter is particularly important and particularly powerful. So there is a little bit more info we want to lay on you about laughter. Yeah. Yeah. A little more info because, you know, we go to the sources for these, this really just good information and research. And of course, Hidden Brain, which we love all about this brain science, right? Shankar Vedantam had Vedantam? Vedantam. 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 That's how he pronounces it on the podcast. Yeah, that's good. Vedantam. There I go. I love that. I just love his voice and his way. Of being. Anyway, he did an entire episode on just laughter. And one of the guests that he had on the show is a scientist, a brain scientist, and comedian, a stand up comedian. Yeah, yes. Super fancy. Sophie Scott. Sophie Scott, and she is from University College London, and she said such interesting things about laughter. She says, okay, laughter is one of the first things as a baby that we learn. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Isn't that so sweet? And you can think about it. It's one of the first vocalizations. Mm-hmm. So sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a tool of socialization. Think about all the ways we use laughter and so as we as we interact with each other, the polite laugh, yep. the understanding laugh, the courtesy laugh, the, the courtesy laugh, the, der, the derisive laugh, the shaming laugh, the, the agreeable laughter. Like, I agree with you. The hilarity, the I've lost my you know what laughter. Yeah. 
Uh, and she just says it has such an important uh, meaning in how we relate to each other. The way she got into this is super interesting. She was studying emotions in humans. And most most study of emotions deals with facial expressions. And she said, I want to talk about the audio, the audio. How do we express our, our emotions with sound? And that's how she got into laughter, which is hysterical, frankly. <laughs> and she says, laughter is not being a, about being funny, more to your point. It's really about being human. Yeah. And what's interesting is that it's one of those, the most unique things. It's animals laugh, mm -hmm. humans laugh. Mm -hmm. Like you said, it's one of the first things that babies do. Just love that. And, and it uses this very unique set of muscle, like the way that it even, the physicality of laughter is different. And we use laughter to signal a lot of things, acceptance, love, generosity, mm -hmm. kindness, mm -hmm. understanding, camaraderie, etc. Rejection. Oh, yeah, we do. It's not all great. But and and you so you can see how it would be a very powerful tool in the workplace, mm -hmm. especially in relationships at work and at home. Mm -hmm. And I want to go back to uh, our our Sophie Scott for a minute, our Dr. Scott, which sounds like Dr. Spock. I just realized that it sounds like Dr. Spock. Sort it's of. Scott. It's Dr. Scott. Dr. Doc, Dr. Scott. <laughs> okay, this is one of my favorite things that she talked about on the Hidden Brain podcast. She said that rats laugh. We cannot hear it. It's too high pitched. It's too high pitched. For she us to actually hear. referenced the job rat tickler. I know. Isn't that hysterical? You get to be a rat tickler. Can you put that on the resume? Please? I was like, is it abusive tickling? Because you know how that can like get into abusive tickling. Anyway, there is the rat tickler. <laughs> and. <laughs> If somebody tickles you too much, it feels bad. I have a hard time being tickled, not because I'm overly oh, I ticklish. Totally, I am super but it's, ticklish. It's too, I'm conf it's too confining. I feel claustrophobic. Oh. Like I'm not in control and I don't like it. Oh, yeah, of course. Okay, that's okay, a whole nother. Back to the rats laughing. Sorry. So you can tickle a rat and the rat will laugh. <clears throat> and the more you tickle a rat, the more they laugh. So actually laughter breeds more laughter. Mm -hmm. And here's the part that's very interesting. If they cut the vocal cords of the rats and they put them back into play and roughhouse and they're not able to laugh, they get bitten more. Yes. And the theory is that if they can't communicate that the laughter, the lightness, the it's okay, that their that their interactions are viewed as more aggressive. Yeah. So I love it that laughter has the ability to communicate that you're safe. Isn't that interesting? I've actually experienced that before. When I when you, I'll say a, a joke that's sort of biting, mm -hmm. and I and I just am deadpan. It's not all. It doesn't always go well, right? Because people are like, I don't know how to interpret yeah. this. That yeah. was not obvious to me. Yep. I think I'm a lot like a rat that way. A rat whose vocal cords have been cut. Karina, I think you you have your rat. You not you know your vocal cords haven't been cut. No, but I'm saying in that situation. Yes, no, I see, I see. Yeah, yeah. You, I'm sure we've all experienced that. Like, oh, I just said a joke, and I didn't, I didn't, it didn't generate the kind of laughter I expected, and I didn't give you a signal that it's funny. Okay, I'm gonna give you a trick. And now people think I'm exactly. Horrid. Now exactly. people think I'm mm -hmm. mean. So now they want to bite me. Now they want to bite you. Here's how you not get bitten, Karina. When you say the joke, you laugh. Yeah. And when you laugh, others will laugh. Sure. One of the things that happened when I was listening to the Hidden Brain podcast is they were playing a fairly long clip of these two cricket broadcasters uh, announcing a cricket game on BBC. And one of the players like tripped or fell or something. I don't know what happened. But they the two announcers started 
laughing. And I was on my rowing machine. I had to stop. I thought I was going to wet my pants. <laughs> I didn't understand what they were eating. I didn't even see what they saw. But their laughter was so infectious. I loved it. And I was like, this is what we're talking about. We yeah. just can't stop sometimes. Yeah, we just can't. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, so good. When you're able to bring laughter and levity mm-hmm. and geniality, mm-hmm. whatever the hell that means. Even with a chuckle. to Even with just a smile to your workplace. What does that give us, it Trina? It gives us more ease, meaning, and joy. But I will say specifically, <laughs> <laughs> hashtag ease, meaning, joy. Specifically, there, there is so much research on the benefits of laughter and the benefits of humor, humor. at work that... It's actually three pages of bullet points in our show notes right now. I'm not going to read them all. I'm only going to read about half of them right now. I'm just joking. See, that was a joke, but I never mind. You just need to laugh. I'm I'm only going to read three of them. I'm only going to read five. I'm going to read half of them. But here's... here's, um, The rewards of humor. Yeah, here's the highlights. Research shows that leaders with any sense of humor are seen as uh, 27% more motivating and admired, Okay. Their employees are 15% more engaged, and their teams are more than twice as likely to solve creativity challenges, all of which, the experts say, translates into improved performance. But can't you see that when you are working with somebody who makes you feel, who creates an environment where you can feel good about your work, good about your teammates, it just makes sense well, to me. Well, it also ha- gives you perspective. Mm-hmm. Like levity and humor is kind of like t- takes the pressure off a little bit, right? Yeah. Like performance is a, is a little bit less important and therefore I'm, I'm more, more able to sort of focus. And the other thing too is when we laugh and the environment just becomes lighter, we have less concern with our own behavior and maintaining some kind of social norm or like, you know, flat face or whatever, you know, you just get a little bit more freer. Yeah. Yeah. And the result of that again is just more performance, better performance, better workplace environment. Um, in fact, people with a better sense of humor tended to get bonuses and promotions even I know. more often and be hired. Like, like CEOs say, if they have to choose between two candidates that are equal, but one of them is funny, they'll take the funny one. Wouldn't you? I would. For sure. You have to, yes, exactly. I was going to say you have to share their sense of humor, but I'm not even sure you do. No, I don't think you do. Because the studies also say it doesn't even matter if it's a good joke. No, even a bad joke. Okay, let me go back to that. One of the things that the listeners will see in the show notes is a TED Talk by this guy who has made his life's work Mm -hmm. talking about humor in the workplace. And he is... Like just full of bad dad jokes. What's his name, Krina? Andrew Tarvin. So Andrew Tarvin is just full of bad dad jokes. And um, he does all sort of kind of silly and corny things and encourages others to. And he has had a tremendous amount of success with that in his own work life. Yeah, he went from being an engineer. Yes, to a humorologist. I'm He's a sure humorologist. You know, yeah. and it's interesting because people with a sense of humor tend to be more liked, more trusted, and mm-hmm. respected mm-hmm. at work. This guy, when I heard his TED Talk, it stuck with me too because it was entertaining. But he's also, I mean, in all candor, he's a little bit of a goof. Yeah, and it, yeah, but so funny. Yeah, exactly. It, it sort of to that point, your humor doesn't have to be highly sophisticated. Yes. Your humor doesn't have to be the wittiest Mm -hmm. it just Mm -hmm. has to be light Mm -hmm. so humor does have more benefits that we do and i think well intended yeah 
right? Yeah, it can't yeah. be yeah, necessarily cutting yeah. or biting to get those kinds of um, payoffs. So it does, like we said, it sort of improves your work place and your productivity. It also sort of boosts overall brain power. It improves decision making. It helps you sort of be more accepting of new ideas. It's one of those things that really does help your brain. So it helps your workplace. Mm -hmm. It helps your environment. Mm -hmm. It helps your reputation and people's perception. It helps how people, it helps how we do our work. It helps how we do our work. It helps how we communicate Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, like we were saying, the TED Talk, it gets people to listen. It Mm -hmm. gets people to pay attention, especially if it's sort of... With warmth. And to listen with warmth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, it also creates some pretty meaningful connections, which uh, we, you know, like the rats. So, you know, since we decided to do this show, I've been practicing in my meetings with clients and with people in my office, and I have been intentionally making a little joke. Okay. A little something... It is so interesting. But my my little experiment was, how do people react to that? Mm-hmm. And the fact is, they laugh. Even t- corny jokes. Even corny jokes. They might just might just be polite laughter. Like they might just be, you know, what's that word? Uh, not amusing. Courtesy laugh. <laughs> Courtesy laugh. Right. They might just be humoring me. Yeah. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. They but, might just be humoring me. But it changes things, oh, right? It, was really remarkable. And this is just like a three or four day experiment of just, you know, anecdotal. But what I noticed was it just got everybody more. We were all more engaged. We were showing up more. We wanted to be there. Yeah. Yeah. It gets people sitting up in their chairs a little bit more. And also what we know about the body is that frequently what your body does Mm -hmm. changes your Your brain. brain. Yeah. So even fake laughter even courtesy laughter yes, make, yeah. triggers this same, little lift. same shit little, in your brain. Just little lift in your brain. So lovely. Mm-hmm. Okay, so before we leave this topic of humor, I want to talk about this health thing. And it's just not my amazing flat abs <laughs> that you get from humor. <laughs> there are lots of things that you get from humor for your health besides super flat abs. Um, because you release you know, oxytocin, reduce cortisol. It really reduces your stress levels. It in, it strengthens your immune system. Um, there's thoughts that, that it may block the production of stress hormones. Mm-hmm. Um, it relaxes your muscles. Of course, mm-hmm. it burns calories mm-hmm. 100 times as many calories. Laugh one, laughing 100 times burns as many calories as 10 minutes on the stationary bike. Let's drink to that. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Cheers to that. <laughs> And of course, you know, humor increases your happiness. And we all know what happiness does to our health. So why why is this? Why does it have all these great effects, Karina? Do I have to say it again? <laughs> it's because the hormones in your brain are working overtime. No, it's because you're obviously, um, it's, you're getting the cortisol, you're getting, or I'm sorry, you're reducing the cortisol, you're getting the oxytocin, and you're getting the, what's the other one? Endorphins. Mm-hmm. But, but... Why does it have this impact at work? We know what the impact is on the on the brain. Mm-hmm. And it clearly studies show that it does impact you positively in the workplace or impact a workplace positively. But I think the number one thing, the number one reason why humor at work is so important is because it it sort of accelerates that feeling of closeness and trust. Yes. Exactly. So it's the difference between Head down, getting my shit done, leaving for the day, Mm -hmm. punching in, punching out. It's the difference between tolerable 
and pleasant. Mm-hmm. It's the difference between coworker and f- friendly, friend, acquaint, friendly, colleague, acqu- colleague, coworker right. and colleague. Thank yeah. you. I couldn't think of that. Colleague. Yeah. That is why. And because people who laugh together for five minutes in a, in the study that we that we read um, actually compete third they have they are 30 percent more intimate with one another and they're able to problem solve together more and they're more cohesive as a unit yeah so laughter at work creates that kind of special bond mm-hmm. no, I'm sorry humor at work it's not just laughter right humor, humor at, work. at work levity at work creates that special bond that makes the work way 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 more joyful Mm -hmm. and satisfying Mm -hmm. and full of ease Mm -hmm. all the goodness yeah all the goodness okay so how to how to bring this lightness this humor this this genialness this good humoredness into the workplace make everybody listen to this podcast first of all (laughs) have a little book club podcast make them think my jokes are funny But also, like, really some pressure on yourself. You don't have to be no, a stand-up comedian. No. Again, what we're talking about is just a little bit of lightness. A little levity. A little bit. And let's start with PG and PC. Yeah. PG and PC. Yep. It's the workplace. Yep. You know, you just don't have any idea of anybody's tolerance. And one of the things, this is just a side lawyer note. One of the things that I notice is when people make inappropriate jokes in the workplace that result in complaints and investigations, like sexual harassment or whatever protected status complaint, Somebody is trying to create intimacy mm. with the humor in the in an inappropriate way. Exactly, but the impetus, like the motivation, is to create intimacy. Mm-hmm. It's just that their implicit biases are so like deep down in their psyche, they have no idea what insanely offensive thing they just said. But people do use humor to create intimacy, and I just encourage folks: PG, PC. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Keep it, uh, you know, politically correct and on the G scale or PG scale for sure. Like your silly joke. So, so you, so you got a meeting. Yes, we're in a meeting, and we just want to create an opportunity for there to be more closeness and connection, more creativity, mm-hmm. and more team. Mm-hmm. The facilitator can crack a joke. When it's your turn to talk, you can make some sort of, you know, silly offhanded remark. You can show up with the pen. That has the the crazy googly eyes yes. on it. Mm-hmm. You know, even that you can change the background on your Zoom. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can be floating around in space. Well, I was on a Zoom recently, and somebody put on sunglasses, which I had no idea you could do on the Zoom. Or you can turn yourself Digital. into a potato. I, apparently, I, I had no idea. Or a cat. I forgot about the cat. <laughs> That's right. Of course, you can. So even those things, they seem so dad jokey. So dad jokey. Not that we're maligning dads. Wait, you're not? (laughs) (laughs) But they have the same impact. Another thing you can do is, um, you you know, you can take it everywhere from the googly-eyed pen all the way up to improv training, which Mm -hmm. I have done. Which I did with you because you made me. Well, that was in Advances Podcast. We brought an improv into your workplace into the workplace to teach them sort of some of those tenets of improv, which is to be open and listen and say yes and to receive. Right, to say yes and and to receive. Yeah. That's a really beautiful way of articulating this. That what we're really doing in the workplace is we're saying yes and receive. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I love it too. 
I love it. I do too. Uh, how else though? Let's think about this. Okay, how- so there's some things that we have done in our workplace that I think have created opportunities for levity. We, pre-COVID, we had a puzzle and people would gather around that and make snarky comments about the puzzle. Like it was just in the break room It was or just something? in the break room, right? Mm-hmm. And people would just do it at lunch or do it when they got their coffee or put a piece in. It just gave a moment to be, you know, puzzles are a game. It's mm-hmm. just silly, right? Mm-hmm. In the middle of your workplace, there's a game and something silly. And I was actually in a presentation on the Family's First Coronavirus Act update. Oh, my which God. Which, can you imagine, snoozer, yeah. like, take a nap, where's your coffee, whatever. <laughs> the presenter put puppies and kittens every other slide. Yes. So he would give you this data, and then he'd be like, and here's a puppy. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I love this so much. Who doesn't love a puppy? My friend Amy, actually, has been texting me pictures of her puppy, um, Dottie at work. And I just have so much joy around this, these damn puppies. So puppies yeah. bring puppies. Well, and also I, I had a, I was in a similar situation where I watched a, a speaker at a luncheon a long time ago and he just had pictures of baby animals behind him the entire time, just <laughs> rotating through. And he's like, this is baby just, animal. yeah, this is just because he, he, you know, he pointed, he was like, I don't have a PowerPoint presentation, but I have like baby animals because that, that gives who you, doesn't want that. And also it, you know, it gives you those good feelings of lightness and connection. We all kind of could laugh at it. And, 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 you know, at some points we weren't listening to him. The whole entire audience was collectively was looking going at the puppies. Oh, so cute. Mm-hmm. Another thing we used to do, or I used to do um, when I had a large staff, is at staff meetings, whenever there was a guest and that necessitated sort of introductions of everyone in the room, so a new staff person, yeah. a board member, a guest speaker, I would make everybody in the room answer some random question that I just came up with on the spot. Like, okay, uh, everyone needs to tell this, you know, re- introduce yourself, how long you've been here, and if you could make up your job title, what really would it be? What you really do here yeah or or uh your favorite you know whatever 80s movie or your favorite song whatever that is again andrew tarvin the, the humor guy we talked about in the ted talk yeah he gave he has everybody give themselves a star wars character name oh and yes. that's how he refers to them so if somebody says i'm an ewok so they self-identify right so you're not doing it to them they, they say i'm an ewok and then he just calls them the ewok from then on. From then on. And he like when he has projects or um, presentations, he names them something silly like the most awesomest team for whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He just creates this kind of silliness around some of his presentations. And Same idea that you're talking about with the meeting questions. Yeah. And you have to have the workplace that will allow for that, I will say. So in some cases, people do have to start small. I mean, if I showed up and asked every, you know, and referred to someone as an Ewok and titled my presentation something totally yes. off kilter, and it was a very kind of stuffed shirt sort of work environment, it may not Might go be over disconcerting. Well. But I even think about things like customer service folks who have, you know, the interesting buttons on yes. or um, <laughs> the, the people whose name really isn't their name. Have you oh, seen that? Yes. You know, I mean, clearly you're showing up, you know, you show up and someone's changed their um, name tag to something goofy and silly. Even that is a good place to start. I recently had, you know how when you go on vacation, people have automatic replies? Yeah. I actually had somebody who was on vacation with this like paragraph long, like <laughs> description of their vacation and all the fun they were having and how much they wish that you wish that they were there, or at least you wish they were having fun. And it was really light and funny. And I thought, oh my gosh, I can't wait to meet this person. Uh-huh. And I hadn't met them before, obviously. And I was like, this is super cool. So I think just 
looking for an opportunity to present something unexpected. Yep. Right. And there's that. Oh, juxtaposition. That's the juxtaposition. That's that takes me back out of my. Back to Rufus. Mm-hmm, back to Dr. Browning. So I think things like that really have um, the ability to change the tone and tenor of the workplace. But I'm going to be candid. It requires us to bring our A game. Mm-hmm. We have all this energy inside of us, right? Sadness, disappointment, uh, grief, happiness, um, frivolity, passion, all these things inside of us, right? And I found myself in my three-day experiment having to really draw into myself and pull out the lightness, pull out the fun, and to bring some awareness to what I was trying to create in the workplace. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm on this call. Bring it, Kirsten. This is what you want to bring. Right. And it was really, it was that it then became easier for me to be light, uh, amiable, good humored during the meeting. And by the way, I'm a lawyer. Not a lot of my shit is good humored. <laughs> I mean, let's just, let's just be real. Yeah. Yeah. Not saying a lot. Let's yeah? just be real about it. So, but I found that the further I went, the easier it was. Nice. I know it was a very interesting experiment. So I think what you're hear- I'm hearing you say is that starting small, bringing your A mm-hmm, game, just mm-hmm. taking it take- intentionally drawing out the energy you want to present. Yeah. yeah, can take can take something from sort of eh, wah, wah, to like Yee-hoo! you know what else I'm just going to say this sometimes this is something I find sometimes is if I can make the other side when I'm talking to somebody on the opposing side if I can make them laugh they are more likely to agree with me. Steady show. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, I'm going to make you laugh. And then I'm going to get you to agree with what I want because you're already amiable to me. You're already good humored to me. So if nothing else, it's a manipulative tool. It's my biggest negotiation (laughs) strategy, humor. I'm going to use it from here on out to get everything I want. No, you know, I hope that our listeners are taking away a couple of things from this episode. Number one, clearly humor has its role, has a place, and it will make your workplace and your experience at work better. There's yeah. no question. Mm-hmm. The studies show it, and also we feel it. We just know it. And if it, and here's the great thing about this. I mean, it'll make your experience better, but chances are it'll make the whole workplace better. So this is something you can do that really has an impact on sharing energy. That's right. Yeah. But the other thing I want people to think about is how how to do this in a way that, yeah, stretches your comfort level, yeah, stretches your limits, et cetera, but isn't the heavy lift. You don't have it's to. It's authentically you. That's you, what's yeah, so great about exactly. it. It comes out of you. What is natural and comfortable for you? If you need to, if, you, if natural and comfortable is a comedy routine before you host that retreat, great. Let's see your five-minute bit before right. we go. Do your stand-up. But if it's really you know, the googly eyes on your pen. Great. Or, yeah, exactly. Then that's okay, too. That you sign your emails, you know, highly caffeinated, highly caffeinated Kirsten. Yeah, or you change. Unvaccinated Kirsten. <laughs> Aww, whatever it yeah, is, right? right? Yeah, it can be whatever it is. But the benefit, and whatever it is, if it is humorous in some way shape or form mm-hmm. not necessarily fluff laughter not necessarily comedic but humorous in one way shape or form you will be the on the receiving end of these benefits mm-hmm. and now more than ever for the love of god right we need some humor we need some humor we need some geniality we are come whatever that is <laughs> we are coming at you we're coming for it gosh darn it kb this was KB. so good it was so fun it was fun. It was super fun. Which is also, and I have to say, 
The thing that keeps this rolling. Yes, having fun. If this sucked, if it was not humorous, I would not be behind the microphone every two weeks. No, friend. No. Doing our research. And I don't think our listeners will be listening. Yeah. So, hey, speaking of that, listeners. Oh. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening. For listening. I hope you get a big belly laugh. I hope your abs are super flat. I hope you burn some (laughs) calories. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thanks for working, folks. Bye. Bye. Krina and Kirsten Get to Work is recorded and produced by yours truly, Krina Hoyer and Kirsten Barron. Find all of our episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on our website, or email us at yougettowork at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 